Thursday evening, 7 o'clock, Arizona time. So you know what that means, Suns fans? It means the Suns Jam Session podcast is coming to you live, because that's what we do. Thursdays, Sundays during the offseason, 7 p.m. AZ time, we're right here live on YouTube. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, Matthew. Good day to you, good sir. How's your Thursday going? Oh, it's going great. I mean, this week has flown by, dude. Uh, just busy at work. You know, what have you been up to, dude? Huh? Last day of work was Tuesday, right? Yes. Uh, last day at my old job was Tuesday. So Wednesday I spent recovering from Tuesday. And then today was just kind of, you know, preparing for this podcast, uh, writing a little bit for Bright Side of the Sun, doing some yard work. I still haven't showered after doing that yard work. So I do apologize to everybody if I smell on this podcast. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I'll shower after this is over. Very cool, man. Well, I can't smell you, so... But I'm used to your stank. So smell a vision. You know, the others might not be. <laughs> I'm glad that smell a vision isn't a thing yet, especially on like live streams and things of that nature. Because imagine Zoom calls if everyone like you could smell the room that they were in. Yeah. You're like, God damn it, Karen. Would you why'd you make broccoli right before this freaking meeting? I don't want to <laughs> deal with the smell. You know what it'd be yeah. great for is like the uh, post game interviews in the locker room. You know, you get that nice stamp <laughs> smell. Oh man, must that would be worth it, right? That would not be worth it at all. And I think we need to move okay. off the subject of smell a vision as fast as we can. So let's welcome the Jamsters. Welcome, whether you're listening to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast, or if you're watching along live with us on YouTube, we appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and smash that like button while you're here, and you can become an elite Jamster by clicking the join button uh, or by following the link in the description there, bud. Uh, feel free to donate via the Super Chat so we can use it for beer money. Um, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and we'll read it right here on the pod. If not, wherever you are consuming this podcast, please subscribe. We are rebuilding our listener base once again, so any every subscription helps very, very much. It lets other people know where to get the best songs content on the interwebs, and we know it. We ain't it, but we know we're part of it, so we appreciate that. Uh, you can enter the code SUNSJAM at checkout at shopjustsports.com to get 15% off of your purchase. Once again, that is Suns Jam when checking out at shopjustsports.com. It is Thursday, but I don't have a job right now. I'm in between jobs uh, as I prepare for my next journey. So I'm going to have a beer tonight, Matthew. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, you deserve it, man. Are have you drinking beer. with me? No, just water. I got to stop asking this question and start popping them. I mean, yeah, what I have I learned? So a I nice ice cold Dos Equis to drink with the Jamsters. So pop them if you got them. And let's talk about the Phoenix Suns, not necessarily about them, but about everybody else in the West. That's is going to be a really fun episode because we're going to go and take a look at what everybody else has done in the West and see if they've got better or worse. And then from there, we can kind of make some determinations about what the Phoenix Suns are going to do next season. We know it's early, but hell, drop the beat. Yes, yes, yes. The Summer League is officially over, so we can stop talking about Summer League. Although we do enjoy watching it. Matthew, I got to ask. I got to ask you, Matthew. Like, 
let's be honest. How much summer league did you really watch? Oh, I mean, what's what's lower than zero percent? I'm just joking, <laughs> dude. Honestly, you know, the first few games of sticks, the first three. You know, I was really into those. But the more and more you watch, you realize, you know, what are, what are, are these players really benefiting from anything here? Is Are you going to see anything that will translate to the NBA? I mean, most of the young rookies that they want to save for the season weren't really playing too much. You know, mm-hmm. especially when I wanted to watch Jalen Green, all of a sudden he's, he's hurt and he's done. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's just, you know, how much can you really watch? And especially uh, with the Suns. You're only there to watch sticks, and that's it. You know, highlights is the best for that. And I, I was into it in the beginning, but towards the end, I, I kind of wandered off. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you right there. I mean, I, the first two games, I was like amped for. I was just like basketball again. Like I love watching basketball. I love the X's and the O's. I like to see player development. I like to see hustle. And then, kind of, you know, like you, you know, these games don't count like a ton. Like they count less than preseason games. So you kind of lose a little bit of engagement. All of a sudden, you know, it's like a Friday night and you're like, yeah, maybe I'm going to just take the dogs for a walk instead of sitting there and watching some summer league. So I would record it. I would start watching the games. And I think that was the game three game that you were mentioning. And by then I like I was uh, I was like passing out. I was like, I'm tired. Like this stuff is boring to me at this point. And, you know, again, mm-hmm. I love basketball. So I, I was engaged at the very beginning. But I think following like the Suns final run and then the Olympic run for Team USA and then summer league, I was like, you know what? I just need to kind of sit back, take a break. So I didn't even watch the last two and a half games for the Phoenix Suns. And I'm glad I didn't for that last one against Cleveland because both Evan Mobley and Jalen Smith sat. Those are the two guys that I really want to see, the third overall pick and then our 10th overall pick from a season to go. So, you know, I think that that's it. Let's let, let's put a little bow on, on uh, the Summer League. I don't know if we ever need to talk about it again. I mean, we know that they did have the all-Summer League team and Jalen Smith made that, you know, I'll bring up a graphic for the people who are watching along live with us. But I mean, outside of the fact that Davion Mitchell, Cam Thomas, Jalen Johnson, Trey Murphy, Preyton Pritchard, Obi Toppin and Jalen Smith all made the all summer league first team. It's a great thing for sticks. Uh, it's a great, you know, in kind of he's an he's a trade asset now if we need it to be. But you know what? I don't think that's what we should spend the majority of this show on. I think that this is a good show to talk about Oops, the rest of the West. And I think that there's been so much going on, you know, transactions, trades, free agency, the draft, that with everything that's going on, I mean, we've been so laser focused in on the Phoenix Suns. This is really a good opportunity for us to sit and look at what else happened in the West and come up with that answer after we discuss each team. Did this team get better? Did this team get worse? Or did this team stay the same? And based off of this, I really feel like we could have a good understanding of what to expect going into next season, knowing that nothing's promised. Injuries you can't predict. You don't know if there's any more transactions that are still going to be out there. But, you know, as you look around the West, is there anything right off the bat that you're just like, hey, this team clearly got better. This team clearly got worse. No, not yet. There's a few things like you keep hearing things about maybe Ben Simmons going to Minnesota, things that haven't happened yet. So it's everything that's going to happen after today that's going to be more fascinating. I mean, Russell Westbrook going to the Lakers is interesting, right? But mm-hmm. it, it is, it's like expected in a way. It's like, okay, they want their point guard. They're not going to get Chris Paul, so you get Russell Westbrook, the next best thing that's available. Of course, they got better. Going into the next season, a lot of it for the West right now, the way it's looking, it's like who can just, you know, get stay healthy, 
who can, you know, get the bounce, you know, be that team that can get, you know, the lucky bounce once in a while to get to the finals and to win it all. Because these teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, even if you want to throw in the Utah Jazz and the Warriors coming up, they're, you know, they're ready to win it all next year. They are. And they just need to stay healthy. And there's nothing too really, there's nothing that caught my eye right now that I'm just like, dude, this team I'm worried about because basically the same as last season, right? It's just, you know, you got to stay healthy. The sun stayed healthy until they weren't in the finals. So yeah, that's the thing that I just keep thinking about until something drastic really happens. Yeah. There was no true weight shift in the league this year. There wasn't a Kevin Durant going to a team or a James Harden going to a team. None of the top tiered uh, players in the NBA made a move. You know, Kawhi Leonard was a free agent, but he stayed and he's going to be injured next season. So we know that that's going to have an effect. Was it all season long or no? It'll be the majority of it. I mean, it happened in the playoffs last year. It's an ACL tear. So yeah, it's as long (laughs) as he wants. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he'll be back later (laughs) on though. (laughs) Yeah. But it it might be something about around the all-star break, considering it was a slight tear versus a a full-blown tear. But again, I'm not a doctor, nor do I know the answer to that. But I think that, you know, when it comes to names, not a lot of huge names change places. Yeah, Russell Westbrook was obviously the big one. uh, But outside of that, I don't really think that there was anything that truly changed the West. You know, but that being said, I don't know until I go through and I take a look at the different teams and what they've done. Again, being so laser focused on the Suns, you might forget of a transaction here, a free agent signing here or a draft pick here that might have changed our perception of a team in the West. So... I think it would only be right to go through each team and just talk about who they added and who they lost and you know, kind of answer that question team by team. Did they get better? Did they get worse? Or did they stay the same? And then based on that, maybe you and I can make some uh, some observations. And if you're watching along live in the chat, go ahead and let us know. You know when we bring up a team, let us know if you thought they got better, worse, or stayed the same. Sound good, Matthew? Mm-hmm. I like it. I like to ask you questions right when you take a sip of a beverage, which is always H2O. So should we start from the bottom? Relative to standings, or should we start from the top? Relative, I want to start from the bottom, dude. Okay, I like that. I think that's a good call. I didn't want to start this podcast unless we were doing it from the bottom. So (laughs) sometimes I just set myself up. Well, let's start with the Houston Rockets. Okay, the Houston Rockets finished last season 17 and 55. 23.6% 23.6% winning percentage. Not a good GFO, the Houston Rockets. It wasn't. Uh, they added via free agency, nobody. And the only guy they added via trade was Daniel Tice from Chicago. They did have four draft picks all in the first round. They drafted Jalen Green, which I misspelled right there for those who are watching. Jalen Green, second overall. Uh, Alperin Sanguin, 16th overall. Usman Garuba, 23rd overall. And Josh Christopher, Arizona State's own. 24th overall. They lost Sterling Brown, who signed with the Mavs, and Kelly Olynyk, who signed with Detroit. And they still currently have some free agents on their roster. Avery Bradley, Armani Brooks, Dante Exum, Anthony Lamb, and DJ Wilson. So taking a look at that, knowing that this is the worst team in the uh, the league last year, do you think that they got better, got worse, or stayed the same? Oh, a hell of a lot better, Well, from us watching this team, because you got... Jalen Green, right? I mean, the guy's been playing out of his mind in summer league until he did get hurt, um, which was nothing really major. But to me, it's nice that they have the good rookie to watch. You know, mm-hmm. that's always fun. You know, it's it's like Charlotte last year when you had LaMelo. It's even like the Timberwolves, you know. And I just, I think these players, when they come out, it's kind of like the Zion situation. It's like, I always just want them to have the ball always, you know, just 
always be the center of the offense, whether or not it looks good or not. I want to watch that guy with the ball, and that's Jalen Green. And I think that's what they have to build on. And of course, after losing Harden, you're going to have to rebuild. And luckily, you got the season last season out of the way. Now it's over with. Now you can start to build around Jalen Green. And then who knows next draft who you can get in that draft. So I'm actually excited to watch this team, of course, more than what they had last year. So it's a plus, man. I mean, it's not going to be anything great, but it's going to be a fun team to watch just because of that guy. The interesting thing as we go through these teams, especially starting from the bottom, is you really notice that, obviously, they're going to be building through the draft. And when you get draft picks like Jalen Green, uh, I'm not big on Alper and Sanguin, don't know much about him, but I think uh, Garuba, I think that's another solid pick. You already have Christian Wood as a part of this team. So I think that you really have an opportunity to just start putting some pieces together. And it's like the Suns used to be, man. We used to be this team. When other podcasts would start at the bottom, they would start with the Phoenix Suns. And... You're just hoping that one of these, you know, one or two of these draft picks, draft picks just start hitting. You know, I mean, remember this is a team that's yeah. got Kenyon Martin Jr. They still have John Wall. Uh, so I mean, there's still a lot of promise with this team. You just don't know how good they're going to be. I think they will be better, obviously, than winning 23.6 percent of their games. But still, that is a pretty tough uh, roster. It's a rough roster to put out there and expect to, you know, hit the playoffs. You know, this is a team that's going to take two or three years. If Jalen Green is a hit and you can put a couple more of those assets together, which they have plenty of, you're going to have the ability to really look good moving forward. But obviously they have a long way to go. So, uh, you know, again, and Bill says in the chat, he says, yeah, they should have be between 22 and 26 wins. I think that's actually a really, really good prediction by Bill. I think right in there is where they're going to be. They're going to be a little bit better than last year but they're going to be a team that has to learn their identity and who they are. So, yeah, it's so tricky, dude, honestly, it's really quick because they're just so young and to really think back of the Suns when they were trying to build around those rosters that we had, those young guys, it's just, it can get out of hand quickly. They could start, mm-hmm. you know, the season pretty good. Like, Oh, look at this team. Like they're five and two or four and two or something. And then it could just go downhill. And then they start letting Jalen green get that ball. So I'm hoping for that. I'm excited to watch Jalen green. He looks like a really yeah. fantastic talent. Uh, mm-hmm. The key is just doing it on both ends, doing it on both ends. Yeah. So next up we have the Oklahoma city thunder. Okay. Another team that did not add anybody in free agency. You're seeing that theme, both the rockets and the thunder did not add anybody via free agency because they are working on trying to again, build through the draft. They did trade for Derek favors and in the draft, they had the sixth overall pick where they took Josh Giddy, who, played like five minutes in the summer league and was shut down with a hamstring Mm -hmm. issue. Uh, Trey Mann at 18th, Jeremiah Robinson Earl at 32nd, and Aaron Wiggins at 55th. They lost Tony Bradley, who signed with the Bulls, and Kemba Walker, who they waived and is now a member of the New York Knicks. Frazier's still left on their team. Josh Hall, Jalen Howard, or Jalen Horde, I'm sorry, and Svi (laughs) that guy, restricted free agent. So get better, get worse, stay the same uh for me the thunder it's always better <laughs> they they, <laughs> yes. they manage you know to just pull it off to where it's like oh what are they doing over there but then you look at these names and i'm a big poku fan all right yes, so i don't are. i don't know what the thing is if people are just joking if they like him or not or they actually do like this guy and some people just hate him <laughs> but yeah. i'm a big fan of him but then when you look at it, it's like shay uh you're getting these these young guys like josh giddy who might be exciting to watch but even trey man like 
I just think that they're just so well coached. They have such a balance over there in Oklahoma City to where you're not going to like have such a down year, even if you're losing, because I feel like these guys play hard and they're coached hard. So it's not like, oh, the Thunder are playing this sucks. I like to watch the development of these dudes and they keep doing it. You know, Kemba Walker came in and now he's gone because that's what they do. They bring these guys in and then the free agents that they sign that they might let go the next minute. Like they just keep moving these pieces. So you don't know what's really going to stick. And I saw some like Shea Gilders Alexander SGA trade proposals and stuff earlier this offseason. And I'm just like, what is like, you don't want to trade that, man. But I don't know, man. But I, they're just, they're always exciting to me to watch. So it might just be a West thing, but I, I love the Thunder, dude. Well, yeah, I know you're big on the Thunder. You have some friends with some uh, who are Thunder fans as, as well. So, you know, I, I get that. And I, you know, again, it's another one of those teams that they're, they're going to have to try to build it through the draft. Uh, but I think that they're with obviously with the assets, but definitely with the people who are there. I like Josh Giddy. I think Trey Mann saw it as well. And uh, I think Derek Favors is like a sneaky trade. Like I'm a big Derek Favors fan. He's some, he's one of those guys who I, just, I don't like playing against him just because, you know, he's the perfect bit, uh, backup big in my opinion. Somebody okay. who comes in, rebounds yeah. and blocks the shit out of the ball. And, you know, you're just sitting there being like, oh, okay, you know, that's uh, that's that's what he does. And, you know, he, he does a good job of it, you know. So JaVale McGee, though, I think that uh, that's a good signing for the Sun. So, but again, the uh, the OKC Thunder, I think that, you know, same thing. They're going to win a few more games this season. Uh, that's fine. I don't think that they're a threat to make any true run of the playoffs. Uh, they did sign Shea Gilgis-Alexander this offseason uh, to big money. That's kind of the one guy they're like, okay, this is the guy that we build around. Um, everybody else is just same thing as Houston. Like, hey, if, if this sticks, great. But I I'm, I do think that both the Thunder and the Rockets are both prime candidates to be teams in the West that remain around the bottom. Then, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's interesting when you go through and you do this because there's always a couple teams, and the Suns were one of them, you know, coming in the last season. You're like, dude, this team clearly got better, or this team is on the precipice of, you know, having their talent finally develop, I can see them taking a jump. Uh, Rockets and Thunder, we don't think that, right? Yeah. Well, no, the Thunder, I can, I actually have a little bit of a feeling they might be heading towards that play-in, you know, the play-in that we love. I think they have a chance, maybe, I'm just saying, because I think they do play hard. And you got Shea, who didn't get to finish the season. Like, like he wants to finish tough, dude. So I think that he's going to be a force there to try to get him over that hump. And I just put my Invisalign back in. And there is a list thing more than I usually have. And it's, I'm uh, sorry. You you and your straight teeth. God, anything for the straight teeth. Well, you know, and again, I think Shea Gilgis Alexander is a, a definite talent, but I just don't know if the pieces around him make sense yet. You know, nobody's, yeah. you know, they, they don't have the depth. Yeah. They don't have the defense. That's where the challenge is going to be. I mean, he's one great player and he could put up a good statistical year, but he's going to be stuck in kind of the Devin Booker role for the first, you know, three or four seasons in OKC as the yeah. pieces and the assets around him are trying to become better. He's going to have great statistics, but he won't be an all-star because the team won't be winning. And we know what that's like. Definitely as Phoenix Suns. <laughs> yeah, you know? we sure do, buddy. All right. Next up the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. Added in free agency, Nathan Knight and McKinley, Wright The fourth via trade. They acquired Terry and Prince and Pat Bev. He's now a member of the T wolves. They had no draft picks this year, uh, primarily because of the D'Angelo Russell trade. Those picks went to the Golden State Warriors. They lost Papa Ricky Rubio, who was traded to Cleveland, and they still have free agents Ed Davis, Jordan McLaughlin, and Jared Vanderbilt. So my first question for you, Matthew, as we look at the Timberwolves, outside of 
Did they get better, worse, or did they stay the same? Who the hell's Nathan Knight and McKinley Wright the fourth? I have no idea who those guys are that they added via free agency. Do you? No, I don't. There's a lot of players <laughs> I don't know, John. And honestly, those are two, <laughs> two of them for sure. So if they added them for maybe a trade piece or something, I don't know, man. I have, I have no idea. Did yeah, they so lose Culver? They lost who Culver too. too of uh, uh, Memphis for Pat Bev. So yeah, oh, they, did, yeah they lost yeah, Col- yeah. Culver and Herman Gomez. Yeah, I forgot he was thrown in there, dude. Um, but yeah, my overall take though on this Wolves team is just I don't know. There's something about Ben Simmons coming over there or something. If they could finish that, but even then, what do you? If you want to be, if I want to be honest about this franchise, I just want them to move somewhere to where they're not the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's how I feel. I feel like for them to get going, for players to actually give a crap playing there, they have to move. I think, but since it's not going to happen, it's just it seems like it's a repeat of last season. Um, but dude, I don't know, man, because I think they have like one more trade in them. And whether or not that player is going to be happy or not, (laughs) it's, you know, whoever gets traded, there's like, oh shit, you know, that's (laughs) the way it is nowadays. You know, I mean, if you're not in a certain situation you want to be in for these players, they, they can do what they want. They can get their, try to get out of there. So uh, no one wants to go to Minnesota, man. It's just interesting because I mean, you think about it and you have Anthony Edwards, you have Carol Anthony Towns and you have D'Angelo Russell and that's their core. And I think we can all agree when it comes to that core, defense isn't probably the word you first think of. So you look at who they acquired. Uh, Pat Bev, I can kind of see as more of a tough-nosed two-guard if you want to play. You know, he's a fake tough guy, but, I mean, they're trying to add some sense of toughness. Yeah, yeah. But, again, this is a team that didn't have an NBA draft pick this year and didn't do much else with anything, and they didn't have much to do. I mean, that was that's the disadvantage of adding, like, a D'Angelo Russell and giving up draft picks and draft stock and effort to do so. And then your team just still sucking. And I don't know if the Timberwolves necessarily got too much better. I do follow some Timberwolves uh, media on Twitter. And that's kind of the running theme with all of them. And they're like, we got maybe a little better. Like Tarian Prince is, an, is nice. So maybe that'll add a little bit of defense. But outside of him, like they're not a team that they have the talent. They have that baseline talent without a doubt. Carl Anthony Towns is a former all-star. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, he was an all-star, I believe, once. And Anthony Edwards is is an unbelievable scoring machine for that team. But again, when you think about what makes teams successful, it's defense, and they're a team that you know you can run over at any time because they just they don't play it. So again, I they didn't make any moves that were I was just like, oh damn, okay, now I see a vision. Now I see what you're trying to put together. You know, one of the nice things about what James Jones has done, and again, we've had a front row seat to this seat to this, so we can really understand that. Is you kind of see a vision, the James Jones guys, if you will. Yeah, you see kind of a consistent talent, uh, a stock of talented players that come through Phoenix, more defensive minded guys who are specialists versus guys who can kind of do everything, and it's def- it's been a, the definition of our culture. When I look at the T Wolves, I've never seen that. They have no consistency for what they, you know, uh, the the big ones, uh, he's he's friends with the little one. Uh, yeah, let them play together. They'll have fun. You know, I mean, that's kind of the way that they've built their franchise. Yeah, and I agree. And honestly, it's when you have uh, D'Angelo Russell, who, you know, who might be another trade piece, and he might be just one of those guys that's floats around now. I mean, I don't know what the hell happened, but I think the sun's dodgeable there. But when you have him and Anthony Edwards, I think the way that they go about their offensive game right now, especially last season, is if they're actually playing, is look what I can do. Could I do this? Could I figure this out on the court? It's like they're trying to work on their own game and try to prove that they have certain moves 
that they can actually pull off on the court offensively. And I think that's just the way it looked last year. And I, I'm all for it. I think Anthony Edwards should have the ball even more. I like just, you know, those guys that are just a solid rookies that mm-hmm. you want to see what they have. Of course, you can have that year last year. But then Carl Anthony Towns, it's like, I don't even know if you think of this guy as an all-star anymore. You know what I mean? Just because of the situation he's in, the stats, everything, he's an amazing player. And he'll probably be an all-star, of course. But in my eyes, I just he needs to be moved or he needs to be that guy next year that can push this team to where he's more noticed now because he is going to be an all-star, but I just don't see it right now with him. And he'll come back. I know he had a tragedy in his family. Mm -hmm. Um, So to come back from that next year, I think he can really bounce back, dude. Well, you look at Carl Anthony Towns since he came to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 29 and 53, his rookie season, 31 and 51, the second season, then 47 and 35. And then that's where they lost in the first round. Uh, then they're yeah. 36, 46, 19 and 45, 23 and 49 last year. I mean, it's just, I get there's been a lot of inconsistency there. They've been trying to mix and match. And, you know, you, the 47 win season, that's the one with Jimmy Butler, if I remember correctly, you know? So, yeah. Carl Anthony Counts, yeah, exactly. A guy, uh, he needs to be pushed. He has a, some of that Aiton in him. And he's somebody who needs that, that, you know, he wants to be Robin and somebody else can be Batman. I'll tell you what, D'Angelo Russell is definitely not Batman. He's lucky if he's, Alfred, you know, I'll, I'll say Anthony Edwards has some Batman to him. You know, the kids, the kid can play. Uh, but again, when it comes to defense, I don't know. So I, I really, I will say that they actually got worse looking at every, everything that they did. Cause they didn't address anything, anything at all. Not yet. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see, see if, uh, we'll see if Ben Simmons end up there. Okay. All right. <laughs> next up, we have the Sacramento Kings. Okay. The good old Kings finished 31 and 41 this past season. Good enough for the 12th seed as they tied with the Pelicans for the same record. They added our old buddy Alex Len via free agency. They traded for Tristan Thompson. So they added, you know, a couple big dudes to the to their front court. In the draft, they got Davion Mitchell, who looked really, really nice in the summer league, and Nemias Queta, who I have no idea who he is. They lost Justin James, who they waived. They lost Hassan Whiteside to Utah. And they lost DeLon Wright to ATL. And they have one unrestricted free agent currently still on their roster, and that is Kyle Guy. So Sacramento Kings are former kindred spirits in the front end of the lottery for many, many years, and they're still there. So uh, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on them? they get better or worse, or they stay the same? Well, I think it's about even right now, but you have a lot to look forward to, I think, with the Kings. Um, I know it's, it's weird to say because... God knows how like they're going to perform next year. De'Aaron Fox is like the biggest flip-flopping like fan of like a lot of people. I feel like even in the media will say this guy is brilliant on the court. He uh, he can be a leader. Blah blah blah. All the stuff that it makes a good point guard. And then games will go by, weeks will go by. It's like what is this guy doing out there in the court? I'm not, you know, even I think Kevin O'Connor and Bill Simmons don't even like him anymore. So him and Halliburton have an opportunity to really build something there. And I think that it's tough right now because Sacramento, their name is just thrown through the mud so much now. And, you know, I don't know how it's going to go with those two, but they have an ability to really do something special there to make them an actual decent team. You know, nothing too crazy. Maybe a play in spot would be nice. But just for those two guys to get familiar with each other would be nice. Yeah, and Bagley, cool. I don't even know, man. He, bags, I love, man. I love, I love yeah. Bagley. I think he's gonna be good. But if they can get him to play there, that's fine. But if they need to move him, they need to do something with him to get him going because he has a long career ahead of him if he can stay healthy, dude. 
I agree with what Mark Brooks says in our chat. I would say they stayed the same, but it's the Kings, so they're somehow going to be worse. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, I agree with that a ton. You know, they addressed what they needed to address. Okay, they got Alex Len and Tristan Thompson and got rid of Hassan Whiteside. So that gives them a little bit more rebounding and flexibility versus Hassan Whiteside, who just, as we've always mentioned, has a very, very low motor. You have Marvin Bagley, who, if he can stay healthy, has the potential. And as you mentioned, they got Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox, and they added Davion Mitchell, another guard, with the ninth overall pick, which is really a steal, I think, for them. But it's also a draft pick that didn't make much sense to me because they had Halliburton and because they have De'Aaron Fox. I think that there were some uh, 3-and-D guys who were available right there as well as a couple big guys who they might have had an opportunity to go ahead and uh, and, and utilize to help them. And, yeah, they uh, I, I don't even have it on the list here. They also lost uh, Buddy Heal, didn't they? Or is Buddy is Buddy still there? Yeah, yeah, no, they did. They did. It's one of those things where it's like, wait, what did Buddy Hill like? He got traded. Where the freak did he get traded to? Or he signed somewhere, dude. We're so bad. Yeah, we're, we're not, bad boys right now. We're, we're not good at this. Uh, yeah, because he could have gone to the Lakers, and the Lakers took Westbrook instead, which is a bad mistake. Uh, it, no, oh, he's not he, even traded yet. He's still with them. He was yeah. part of that Lakers. Okay, he, yeah, they were gonna trade him, uh, but then of course. Yeah, so you got Buddy Heald in there too. So they have, you know, and again, it's another one of those teams that has a ton of offense. But I don't know if they have the D. De- I mean, Alex Len ain't going to be their defensive anchor. Tristan Thompson plays a little bit of defense, but he gets, yeah, you know, he he gets gassed pretty early. So again, a team that definitely has offense, and 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 as you mentioned, Bill, Bill Simmons, everybody across the board, they love the Kings until they realize that it's a bunch of empty stats. They can put up, you know, 130 points, but they'll lose 135 to 130. And they're just one of those teams that, again, needs a sense of uh, some defense. And I think that, you know, we're both big Marvin Bagley fans. I, I was a big fan of his coming out of the draft. Obviously, I thought uh, DeAndre Ayton was better, and I'm glad we went that route. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's a team that I'm always kind of rooting for, too. I think the Kings always – I mention this every time we talk about the Kings. I'm like, they have the best jerseys in the league. I really think they do. But they just – they haven't done anything to really – they just haven't – found the, that cohesive answer yet but i do think that they're a team that could make a jump that is going to be beneficial i i really do i think th- this is your play-in team this is a team that could be your eight or an eight or nine seed you know you look this last season uh they did end with the the overall 12th seed and they just needed to win a couple more games they would have been in that play-in i definitely think they could do that and uh, as Haydot Zero says, they also resigned Sean Holmes too. So I mean, mm-hmm. they have some energy guys. As Harrison Barnes still with them? Yeah, Harrison Barnes is still there. So you look at this roster and you're like, dude, this team should be vying for it. I just don't know why they can't put it all together. And again, it comes down to defense. So you know, you asked yeah. me if they if, if they got better, got worse to stay the same. I'll say they got better because that draft pick and Davion Mitchell, I think that that's just going to give them a little bit more offensive flexibility. And I think that this is a team that'll take a jump into like the nine seed going from the 12 seed this past season. We hope so. Otherwise going to be some big trades at the trade <laughs> yeah. deadline next year. Yeah, seriously. Cause these are some good, qual- some quality people just for some, for some reason just doesn't make sense there. So yeah. uh, this is a reminder to everybody who is watching to go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, subscribe. And if you're listening to the podcast, please do the same. Please subscribe wherever you're getting this, you can follow us on Twitter at sun's jam. Okay. The next team, this team doesn't, what what they've done makes no sense to me. I can't wait to talk about this. It is the team with probably the ugliest colors in the league. After talking about the Kings and how good they look, that's the New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) 
really just random colors they got. They added yeah. in free agency yeah. nobody. Now remember, this is a team that's doing everything they can to just to show to Zion Williamson, hey, we're gonna build a winner around you. Okay, that's kind of like how the Milwaukee Bucks have operated the past two seasons in an effort to ensure that Giannis Antetokounmpo would stay. They made appropriate trades and ultimately won a championship due to it. The Pelicans have that same challenge ahead of them. It's the same one they faced when they had Anthony Davis. Like, hey, this guy's a fucking, he's an elite talent. We've got to do everything we can to get him to stay. And they do very interesting things. I'll just say it that way. Via free agency, nobody. Via trade. They got Devontae Graham from Charlotte, uh, Jonas Valachunas from Memphis, Th- uh, Thomas Sadoransky and Garrett Temple from Chicago. In the draft, they drafted Trey Murphy, 17th overall, and Herbert Jones, 35th overall. They lost Steven Adams to Memphis, Lonzo Ball to, to the Bulls, Eric Bledsoe to Memphis, Wes Iwundu to Charlotte, and James Johnson, who signed with Brooklyn. And they have one current unrestricted free agent on their roster, and that's James Nunnally. What the hell are the Pelicans doing? Because in my opinion, that's a uh, lot. They got worse. They made a lot. They did a lot for nothing, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like they got worse by adding two guys, Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe. You know, at times Stephen Adams looked good next to Zion, but like I said, like these guys, especially Zion, he, I like him. I want him to play the center position. He needs more room down there. Maybe if there's a center that can spread the spread the floor, that'd be nice. But he needs to be on his own down there, down low, doing his thing. Bletso, I don't feel like, I mean, we'll talk about the Clippers later. I don't feel like you want to add that guy to be a leader on your team. And then you had Lonzo Ball, who you lost, who could have been, you know, your point guard. So there's just a lot of weird things going on with the team. And then Brandon Ingram, you know, maybe the Jamsters can help me, but is there something going on with him in a trade? I saw something about him and the Suns. I don't even know if it's true. No, I no. sound like my dad he, he right now. He makes way too much money, man. <laughs> but he it could work if you want to make money. it work. If you want to make it work, you'll make it work for that guy. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're messing up. And I don't think Steven Adams – I'm sorry, Steven Adams. Brandon Ingram and uh, Zion really play well together. I, I just don't see it for some reason. I think Brandon Ingram still thinks he's better than he is, which he's a phenomenal player. But you have to have Zion take over and be that number one guy. I think Brandon Ingram might think he's still the number one guy, which, you know, he can be a number two or number three guy. But they didn't have let Zion take over that team. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Haydot Zero just said in the chat, you know, he just signed a max extension. Like, he's getting paid like the best player. Who and, cares? And I, I, <laughs> I, I get that, but still, yeah. what what are you doing paying that guy in a max extension when you have Zion Williamson and all they, you know, they don't know how to play together. It's kind of like the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know, challenge that the Sixers have is you have two really yeah. talented guys, but they just don't make sense together. And that's okay. But you don't go and you give yeah. that guy a max. Yeah, uh, Brunist 92 in the chat in the chat says Ingram for Simmons. That would actually make a ton of sense. That would make a ton of sense. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, because then you get that quality distributor who's a big guy for Zion Williamson, because Zion needs to feast on the interior. He had Steven Adams clogging the paint last year. He's going to have Valachunas clogging the paint this year. They got rid of uh, you know, last year they got rid of Drew Holiday and got a ton of assets for it, which they didn't really do much with. This year they get rid of, you know, Eric Bledsoe to you mentioned, like, yeah, that doesn't really matter. But Lonzo Ball, I think, you know, he is a guy who in his four years in the league has had zero stability whatsoever. And, you know, their biggest addition, as many of our Jamsters have mentioned in the chat, is the fact that they got Willie Green. You know, Willie Green comes as the head coach coming from the Phoenix Suns, a guy who's probably going to download a pretty good culture out there in New Orleans. And 
you know, if, if you have that and you have Lonzo Ball and all of a sudden he has an opportunity to kind of grow under this guy, uh, good things are going to happen. And I just, I feel like they're trying so many, they're, they're trying too hard. They have a ton of assets that they garnered from the Milwaukee Bucks because of the, the Drew Holiday trade. But again, they just don't know what they're doing. And like, I don't know. It's a team that, you know, easily could on the back of Zion make it to the playing game. But you have to also remember this is also the team that finished uh, 11th last year, much to the NBA's chagrin. Obviously, the NBA is doing everything they can to have Zion Williamson be a, uh, you know, the superstar and a uh, NBA on TNT guy. And, you know, because he puts up those amazing highlights, but it's just like the, the, it's trash around him. It's like Anthony Davis all over again, man. And I'd be really, really upset if I was a Pelicans fan. It's like, dude, you, yeah, did, me all, too. you did all of these moves and we got nothing. But they're called the Pelicans too, and uh, you know the uniforms. Honestly, I like their uniforms. I think they look great. But they it's have just some the nice name. ones. But the colorways can be really weird. Yeah, but the name just needs to. Ch- they need to change the name. I'm sorry. I don't know what Pelicans really means to that New Orleans site. I mean, but... there's there's some Pelicans there, so they're like, ah, that bird. What the hell are you doing with that, that bird? All right. All right. Well, next up we have the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, this is a team that finished tenth last year. If you recall, they did play in the playing game and they did lose as well. So they actually technically didn't make the playoffs, but they had that opportunity to try. They they lost to the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. They added Zach Collins in free agency from Portland. They got via trade Al Farouk Aminu from Chicago. They got Chandler Hudson, Hutchinson from Washington, Doug McDermott from Indiana, and Thaddeus Young from Chicago. In the draft, they took Joshua Primo, 12th overall, and Joe Weiskamp at 41st. They lost DeMar DeRozan, who went to the Bulls, Gorgie Jang, who went to the uh, Atlanta Hawks, Rudy Gay, who signed with Utah, Trey Lyles, who signed with Detroit, and Patty Mills, who signed with Brooklyn. And they still have some free agents in those game guys I'm not even going to talk about because we don't know who any of them are. So get better, get worse, stay the same. Spurs, go. I think they're going to surprise people this year. And it's one of those things maybe that's sticking in my mind because it's such an off year last year. To where they have to bounce back, right? Pop won the gold medal. He'll come back with the Spurs. I like Doug McDermott and Thaddeus Sung. Those are two dudes that I know that the Suns were looking into, right? I mean, that's those are two guys that the Suns were trying to trade for, were trying to just add to this roster. And, you know, it's not too much, but you lose DeMar DeRozan. You lose Patty Mills. Patty Mills is someone I wish the Suns did get. And I just think there's something else that might happen with this team, but I like the Zach Collins addition. I think that's fantastic. They're going to be a tough team, man. I think that they're going to be tough. I'm not saying that they're going to be a playoff, like top six team, but they have a playoff play in uh, potential. They, they, mm-hmm. I think they do. And it, you just have, as a Suns fan, you just think they're going to be good every year and they might be again this year. Not good as the Suns, but they're going to be there. I think to be pesky and annoying. Yeah, I mean, that's just Spurs basketball, isn't it? I mean, they're always yeah. – they're well-coached. So, I mean, you can't count somebody out who's well-coached and, you know, practices the fundamental fundamentals. I think uh, uh, Zach Collins is a great addition. He just – he feels like a pop guy to me, a guy who just, you know, is very technically sound, can pass the ball. Unfortunately, he's been injury-prone. But outside of that, you know, I think that he's somebody who will create problems for the opposition – I think that they they really fucked up the draft, in my opinion. Joshua Primo uh, went 12th overall. I mean, he's kind of like Sticks was last year. He was a guy who everyone had projected, you know, 22 to 26 or 7, and they took him 12th overall. And, I mean, obviously, they must see something that nobody else does. But, I mean, 
I think part of that is the fact that they knew that Gerard DeRozan was on his way out and they needed another shooting guard. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get as a shooting guard. Uh, but, you know, you just you take a look at their roster overall. And, you know, they got Keldon Johnson. They got Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker, Derek White. Uh, just a lot of a lot of solid guys who kind of, you know, what's interesting about the Spurs is they kind of are different than the Suns in the fact that, like, when the Suns draft, we draft guys who are very good at one thing, whereas the Spurs like to draft guys who are very good at multiple things. I want to say very good. They're good at multiple things. You know, James Jones likes his specialist. He likes his three-point specialist that he got in Cam Johnson. You look at Jalen Smith in the summer league, he's like, that's definitely a rebounding specialist. Like, that guy can rebound, okay? He knows how to get to his spots and, and get the ball. You look at the Spurs, and they kind of go for the guys who, you know, they, they are all around, you know, 3 and D guys. Dev Vassell, who we absolutely loved in the draft last year. So I think that they're a team that will, as you mentioned, they will surprise some people. They'll probably be a playing candidate. I don't think that they're going to get up to a 6 seed or a 7 seed, but they'll definitely be between, you know, well, maybe 7, 8, 9, 10. That's the play-in, right? 7, 8, 9, 10? Yeah, so they'll be right in that range, right? Yeah, no, I think so. Absolutely. And the the guys that Pop gets too, they're just coachable. You know, they're out there. They're very fundamentally sound. They can just, you know, take on any situation really. Of course, if they're playing the higher end teams, they're, they're there for a blowout loss. But these guys, they'll hang around the Midwest. And I think they do have a shot at the, the play-in. No, I, I agree with you 110%. Mm-hmm. All right, next up is a team that's definitely going to get a lot of love from everybody, and that is the Warriors, a team that obviously last season with Clay Thompson being out once again, they finished with a total record of 39-33. and 33. Uh, They did not make the playoffs either. They lost to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you know, out of via free agency, they got Bielitsa, uh, Chris Chirizo. I don't know who Ch- Chirizo. I don't know who that guy is. Uh, Andre Iguodala and Otto Porter Jr. So, you know, three solid vets there. Bielitsa, Iguodala, and Porter Jr. is fantastic vets. Via trade, yeah. they got nobody. Uh, they drafted Jonathan Kaminga at seventh overall. That would have been Minnesota's pick. And they got Moses Moody at 14th, which I believe is a solid pick. They lost Kent Bazemore, who signed with the Lakers. Alan Smolijak. Man, I hate to read all these. He was waived. That's I shouldn't have said his name. Some dude was waived. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., who went to the Hornets. Eric Pascal, who was traded to Utah. And free agents still on their books. Unrestricted is Jordan Bell. And restricted is Nico Mannion. The yeah. Warriors will get better next year simply because of Clay Thompson, correct? Yes, yes. My favorite two guard behind Devin Booker. <laughs> you know, uh, honestly, it's so you're like, uh, I hate not to read all these. <laughs> I was just yeah, I need. I, I need. I need that. to have you read one of these. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can. The next one, man. Right, you got the I was next just saying, one. I'm like, you've been reading all these pools. Uh, yeah, I don't do way worse of a job, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, God, Clay Thompson, man, he's still. I fear him over anybody in this league. Maybe Kevin Durant more, but Clay is just he. He's amazing. He's a he's a guy. Of course, you see with him out of the lineup how much your team is you know, worse without him, but he, he can make it, you know, either you're a playing team last year at the Warriors or you come back, uh, Clay Clay Thompson, that is. And then all of a sudden you're a finals contender. You know, that's the way it's going to be this year. As long as they can stay healthy and they got two guys, Otto Porter Jr. I know you like him. Andre Uh Iguodala goes back. So those are two dudes that can really help, you know, kind of boost the, those, those main characters they have in the Warriors. And, you know, I'm not a big Warriors fan, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see Clay and Steph back together again. You know, it's kind of fun to like look forward to. I know they play in the West and it sucks, but I, I want to see them play together again. I'm actually kind of excited to see them. Well, you know, it's just they're the NBA's darling. 
and they're so excited to have them back. Obviously, this is the team that the Suns will be playing on Christmas Day. Uh, that was released earlier this week. The what, opening day and the uh, there's three games that have been announced for the Phoenix Suns. And I know that tomorrow at noon, they're actually going to announce the entire NBA schedule. That's what our Sunday pod will be on is just talking about the schedule, picking a few games that we like and have Matthew uh, predict the final record for the Suns uh, begrudgingly because <laughs> he hates doing that shit. Um, but that being said, you know, you look at who the Warriors are and, and what I find very interesting about them is with the addition of Bielitsa, Iguodala, and Porter, you have solid vets who are coming in on the minimum, right? Then you have the core of the of the Warriors, which is Andre, or I'm sorry, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, uh, and Clay Thompson. And then you have some of the young guys. You got uh, James White. Oh, and they also have Andrew Wiggins too. I don't know if I'd go as far to call him a core guy, but he's definitely a talented guy who's been playing better in that system where he's. You know, his whole career, he had to be like the number one, two or three guy. He's like the fourth best guy on the team now. Yeah. Could be five if you think James Wiseman. And now you have Kaminga as well. So I think that they have a really interesting uh, roster full of talent. And it's definitely going to be one of the reasons that this is going to be the team that obviously takes the jump. This is the team that ended last season with the ninth best record in the West. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up around number three or four just because of the, the level of the talent of the players you have. Now, granted, Stephen Curry... And Clay Thompson, you know, obviously Clay's coming off of that injury. You know, they are a year older, and in Clay's, you know, situation now, two years older than we've seen them. So they are kind of at that point in their career where you're like, okay, these guys could be starting to fall off a little bit. You know, I think Stephen Curry, he's, uh, he's what, 88, 20, 30, 31, 32, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, over there, dude. So I mean, but they're 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 still going to be just fine. I mean, this team's going to take a jump. So I think that they got better just because they they stole all the veterans that I wanted the Suns to get. <laughs> I know, <laughs> bastards. <laughs> it's always the teams too that we have to face and you know worry about next season. Uh-huh. The most. All right, Matthew. Let's let's have you read. Let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, the team that finished with an overall record last season of thirty eight and thirty four. Uh, they did end up making the playoffs, and they got bounced by the Utah Jazz. But uh, tell me what they did this offseason. All right, so those Grizzlies, man, via free agency, they added N.A. I'm not sure who a player that is, but... Uh, not applicable. Via, tra- <laughs> via trade, honestly, they, they boosted this roster, dude. Steven Adams, a guy that... I'll just go through him really quick. Um, from New Orleans, Jared Culver from Minnesota, Jay Hermaphrodite from Minnesota... Herman Gomez. <laughs> Herman Gomez. Another guy that I kind of wanted the Suns to look into. Uh, Daniel Toro from the LA Clippers. Rajon Rondo from the LA Clippers. Uh, via the 2021 NBA draft, Zaire Williams and Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama, 30th pick, lost. Who did they lose? Annoying Grayson Allen, the annoying Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> <laughs> after he was just traded there for a day uh jante portis uh porter uh jonas valentunas justice winslow and free agents tim frazier and killian tilly uh jennifer tilly's brother <laughs> jennifer tilly killian tilly he was a guy who the Suns were looking at in the draft last year uh real quick shout out to ted Lubin, I can read it backwards. Thanks for the yeah. show. It's long overdue that I threw some chatter your way. Keep it up. He donated $20 in the Super Chat, so we really appreciate that, Ted. We appreciate you always being here and listening to uh, <laughs> Matthew mispronounce things when he reads. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll kick this one off. I think this is a team that got better. 
I really do. I think that they obviously already have the talent on the team. When you look at John Morant, when you look at Dylan Brooks, when you look at Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., I mean, that right there is a, a solid starting five. And now you've added a few more pieces to add a little bit of depth. We'll see how much Rajon Rondo actually plays with the Grizzlies, but I know that Jared Culver will get a shot here. Steven Adams is a solid backup, although they're probably paying him way too much money. And you and outside of you losing Jonas Valachunas, which I really think is – you know, if you look at Valachunas or Adams, like which one's better? Like, I don't know. I mean, they're both both are physical. Valachunas is more of an offensive guy. Steven Adams is more of a defensive guy. Yeah, they both have their moments. They're not like, you know, franchise centers. You're not looking for a franchise center. I mean, you could, but they're so far up uh, Triple J's ass that maybe they think that he's you know going to be the center of the future. Uh, but they're definitely a team that's going to be frisky going into the next season. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean they're the they're a team you have to watch. Maybe just the growth of the young dudes. That's what they have to base their excitement on. Are these guys that are you know John Moran, JJJ? I mean, Jared, if he's if he is healthy, this is a guy that I'm definitely looking forward to watch. Of course, not to play against, Who, but him J? and John Moran, yeah, they have something there, dude. And I like the additions they have. They're a scary team, and they had Patrick Beverly for a second. Then he was traded again, which is actually kind of funny because when you when you do that to Chris Paul. The next move is I think he's going out the back door. So not he's going out, not in. But he honestly, he's this team is just something to worry about. They're in that play-in kind of, you know, area. You know, maybe they could sneak in there as a seventh or sixth seed. Maybe if they can stay healthy and just improve these young guys, they have a chance, man, to just make make some make some kind of mess there in the West. Well, so I'm and, not looking forward to that. And the key is some of these upcoming teams that we're going to talk about are some of these teams do have the potential to drop down the standings. And I think that that's where a team like Memphis could seize the opportunity because they have the talent. You know, this is a team much akin to the Kings who have drafted right next to the Suns for the past half decade. And while the Kings just can't put it together, I feel like Memphis is right on that precipice. Obviously they made the playoffs last year. I think they made the playoffs the year before too, or they just missed it. I think uh, in the, in the NBA bubble. So I think that, they have the pieces necessary and they're making a little bit of those picks. And whereas with the Kings and the Wolves, you just don't understand what they're doing. I can see a vision here with this team. John Morant is, is although he's frustrating to watch at the back end of games, cause he just, he's kind of herky jerky and, he, and he's not the guy who needs to take over games that way. He needs to continue. He's not Trey young. He wants to be Trey young. It's like continue to utilize the, the distributing qualities that Trey young has, versus trying to, you know, jack up those threes because it's not where not his game. But if you use him as a distributor, now you're putting some guys around who can score. Now you, you know, and you already had some guys who can score. So yeah, I think you're right. I think that the Memphis Grizzlies are a team that is definitely going to be uh, a, a team to watch. Uh, the next team is everybody's favorite. It's those Los Angeles Lakers who did so much shit in free agency. This is going to be fun to read. So Oh, this team, the Lakers. And, and I'm going to preface everything I say before, you know, before I read all this. Sometimes doing too much isn't the right thing. Because what made the Suns successful last season? They didn't do too much. They added the quality piece in, in Chris Paul, and they added some fringe players around the side, and that was it. The core was there. The core with the Lakers is an old-ass core. Okay? And now you've added, via free agency, Carmelo Anthony, old. Trevor Ariza, ancient. Kent Bazemore, I don't know his age. Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, come on. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn. Via yeah. trade, they got Russell Westbrook. In the draft, they did nothing. And they lost KCP to Washington. Alex Caruso to Chicago. Andre Drummond signed with Philly uh, with Philadelphia. 
Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma were also both traded to Washington. Ben McLemore signed with Portland. Alfonso Kinney was waived. Markeith Morris signed with Miami. Dennis Schroeder signed with Boston. That's a lot of guys to lose, man, right there. They still have free agents in Jared Dudley's, Wes, Wes Matthews, uh, Dante Kock, and Costas Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Uh, you look at what the Lakers have done, and I, I can see it, obviously. When you have two of the top, let's just say seven players in the NBA, okay? Because I think AD is probably the third or fourth best, and I think LeBron probably falls to seventh right now due to his age and his whining. So I think that you put all that together, and you have two of the top seven guys in the league. In theory, you should just be able to plug a bunch of shit around him, and it'll work. But what made this team so great was their defensive identity two years ago. That's what got them to the NBA Finals and won the NBA Finals for them. They've lost a lot. You can't tell me that Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, you can't tell me these are great defensive players that they've added. When they've lost KCP, Alex Caruso, Montrez Harrell. All right, I've, I've talked too much. What are your thoughts on like <laughs> I, I, You're good, I, man. I think that they... Tempers flare in. Uh, I just, I don't think... <laughs> Like I, I think they got better. I don't know what the, you know. Stay the same. I don't know. But you know, you have to put this to now against last season. They went forty-two and thirty. Will they have a better winning percentage than fifty-eight percent next year? Possibly, but I don't know if that. I don't know. I honestly don't. So I need you to tell me, man. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't you know, know what? Lake, Lakers are. <laughs> they are the favorite going into next year, right? Even with these, this is a LeBron thing, right? In and out, yes. in and out. You mess up on one little thing. How old are you? Can I get an older guy that really knows the game better yeah. to come along with me, hold hands into the playoffs? And, you know, you know the rankings, of course, I still have, even from last year, I still have LeBron, number one, Giannis, number two, and Anthony, oh, I'm sorry, Anthony Davis, number one, uh, Giannis, number two, and then, uh, LeBron James, number three. So those are my top three. So they have two of the top three guys. I mean, I've always said this and it's annoying to hear all the time from me, but the, the same thing, if they can stay healthy, they can just be there in the playoffs when it matters. This team could be, you know, no one wants to face this team at all. I mean, when you still just have Anthony Davis, who I do can be defensive player of the year again, this next year, any year he wants to be that as your core that feeds off like a lot of energy to the other guys, especially when you have LeBron James, who's like, I'm going to trade you. If you don't do this, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to trade you. So, I mean, they're, they're going to be a favorite next year, man. And it's just the way it is. And they did get older Westbrook. God bless them. They all, got but way older. They, I know, but it's like, I mean, like matter? Trevor reason won a championship with Kobe. Yeah, I know. Just one. They just need the one season for the one championship. That's what that's what LeBron is doing every single year now. In and out, in and out. Who can help me get a championship this year? I think it's a decent core, and it is it is very old, but <laughs> I think they have something going there, and it sucks. No, see, I and that's where I'm completely. I, I'm the uh, the opposite of that. You know, Mega Giants just said it. Like, you know, with the roster that has turnover like that, it's gonna take time for them to get their chemistry going. Going. That's what the key for the Suns was last season was chemistry. And again, when you have LeBron standing over you, like you said, you even mentioned it. It's like you make one little mistake. Like you're in the G mm -hmm. league before you even, you know, you get back to the hotel. He's got like another car waiting outside of the arena for you. And you, you just get into it. And you just pray that it, you know, you do end <laughs> up in the G league, you know, he might send you yeah. to China. You don't know. And you know it's idea. hard to play with somebody like that. And I think that, you know, again, the bubble, they were talking about it on some podcast recently where it's like you look at the statistics in the bubble for the Lakers and it was like a clear anomaly. And that's because they didn't have fans or anybody there. You know, LeBron walking off, you know, in Phoenix in game four or five or whatever it was. That happens because he's in an arena full of fans are talking shit to him. Like 
again, the Lakers on paper, you look at everyone they've compiled, they have like the 2011 Eastern All-Star team or whatever. Like, that's fine. But I think that in the long run, I think that it's going to be detrimental to their success because injuries, egos, role players who aren't really good role players. I mean, you don't have a, a ton of great three-point shooters on this team, a bunch of great bench defenders. And that's the beauty of the NBA is we get to watch this play out. And hopefully the beauty is we get to watch this team suffer because I really think that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of – it's so funny. I mean, we've talked about this multiple yeah. times, like talking about the Lakers and how young they were with that core and they just gave it all up for LeBron. Yeah, I know, and now he's just, they got a championship out of it. But, man, dude, I'd be pissed if I was a Lakers fan. This shit happened. I, just really quick too, the chemistry thing, yeah, it matters. But then when you're when you have the chemistry thing the Suns had, and you're playing that Lakers team in the first round, you're fucked. And if the injuries didn't happen, maybe the Suns would have lost. But I'm just saying, you're 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 screwed, man. Playing just LeBron James and Anthony, that's all I look at are those two dudes. So yeah, if they can, if they can do. get there, if they're if they don't lose a tennis ball, I hope on, they don't on, get on, there. on one of their walkers and they start rocking a circle. And- <laughs> pastures and such so all right yeah. we're at 56 minutes and guess what folks it's gonna be a long Woo-hoo. one because we still got like four or five teams to go through matthew i'm gonna let you read the next one that's the portland trailblazers all right my second favorite team way beneath the suns who did they add of uh, free agency ben mclemore tony snell cody zeller uh in the nba draft they just they drafted greg brown the third at the 43rd overall pick who did they lose Carmelo anthony to the lakers zach collins to the spurs enos Cantor to the boston Free agents, uh, Kelvin Benjamin to uh, overseas, Larry Giles third, <laughs> Ronde Hollis Jefferson, and uh, TJ Leaf. So they get better or worse. This is uh, this is interesting. You know, I think that yeah. you know Car- losing Carmelo Anthony, that's kind of okay. Like he was definitely he was like their third best offensive player though, so that really does hurt them. Losing Zach Collins doesn't hurt them too much because he was always injured with them. Losing Enos Cantor. Didn't really matter too much, I think, either. You know, looking at a team that had the overall six seed this past season, end up losing in that first round again to the Denver Nuggets. They haven't done a lot, I think, to really say, hey, you know, Dame Lillard, we're we're going to make this team, you know, we're going to take that next step. Adding Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, and Cody Zeller doesn't do that. You know, again, they added Greg Brown in the draft, but you won't see that guy. He was the 43rd overall pick. And they didn't really trade for anybody. So, you know, they're a team that, you know, again, they are definitely on a timeline, in my opinion. Dame is on a timeline. I know he's unbelievably loyal, almost to a fault. And that's there's nothing wrong with that, okay? You know, Dem Booker did the same thing. But the difference is that we haven't felt here in Phoenix for a while that they're feeling in Portland is they're going to the first round like every year. And they're getting bounced out of the playoffs every year. They lost in the first round last or this past season. They lost in the first round two years ago. They lost in the conference finals three years ago. Then it was first round, first round, Western Conference semis, first round, Western Conference semis. So this is a team that's been in the playoffs, you know, year after year after year with Dame, and they just can't get over the hump to win. You know, they've been to one Western Conference finals and no NBA finals. And at some point, Dame might snap because, again, Cody Zeller, that's the answer. Ben McLemore, Tony Snell, that's the answer to get you into the playoffs. I could see this team being a six seed again next year and being bounced in the first or second round again. I really, they didn't do anything that is like, hey, that's the move that's going to push us over the hump. If anything, they got worse because they lost Mello, their third best scorer. 
something has to happen. There's a trade that is coming. It has to. We can't watch what we're seeing right now on paper with this roster to go forward into next season, hoping that they have a chance at a championship. Because that's the only thing that, you know, Damian Lillard wants, right? It's a championship now. Eighth year, or going into his ninth year. He has to He has to have a chance. He has to look down at his roster and be like, you know what? I have a chance this year. Right now, no. I mean, if you're looking at Nurkic to really rely on that guy who gets hurt every single time they get yep. anything going, that's trouble, dude. So there has to be a big trade. Either he's out of there, either they trade somebody to get him some help, but you just you can't have this. And I would be so mad. And I like the Blazers. I enjoy Damian Lillard, all of them. I would just be so upset next year if they have the same roster. It's like, what are you trying to do there, man? The West, we're going to like the deeper teams now. This every team from now on, even from the Lakers on, Warriors on, if you want to go that, <laughs> yeah, maybe even that far. Grizzlies, it's, it's going to be tough, man. And the, what the Suns did last year, it's going to be even harder for all these teams. So they have no chance with this roster. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that could be six. This could be in the play-in. I mean, I just they didn't make the necessary improvements to, to push them over the edge, and it might push Dame Lillard over the edge ultimately. Yeah. So next up, we have the Dallas Mavericks. So via free agency, they got Sterling Brown and Reggie Bullock. Via trade, they got Moses Brown from OKC. They had no draft picks. They lost Jason Richardson, and they currently have three free agents they have, and they're all unrestricted. That's Tyler Bay, Nico Melli, and J.J. Redick. For a team that is, again, another one of the national media's darlings, uh, they did a whole lot of nothing, I feel. Um, losing Josh Richardson, okay. I guess that's okay. Uh, yeah. Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, Reggie's okay. But I mean, wh- what are your initial thoughts on what the, uh, what the, what the Ma- Mavericks did or did not do? It's uh well, it's a, they're just, just, they're just standing still. They're doing the same exact thing as last year. You know, Josh Richardson, they lost him. Now he'll go to Boston and play pretty good in the beginning. And he'll just fall off like he did in Dallas. I think that there has to be a trade. Porzingis has to do something. Cause those two obviously don't like each other. You know, even when the trade was made, I was very excited for, uh, no, I'm sorry. I when it happened, I was like, why does Suns not get Porzingis? You know, and there's so much I feel like we're not seeing with this team behind the scenes, of course. But just him playing uh, Porzingis, that is, with Luka Doncic, I don't think he likes it. Obviously, he doesn't like it. There's been so much stuff that's already been spread, rumors of the sort, to where he's a guy that needs to be traded, and he eventually probably will. Whatever they can get back, who knows? They'll probably get zilch. You know, it'll be it'll be like a son's trade from the past. You get nothing back, just a yeah. napkin with a phone number that's five five five. That's all you'll get. And honestly, it's it's, it's a six digit phone number. It's not <laughs> even seven digits. So what whatever they have to do, and it's fun to watch. And I might sit here and be like, oh, thank God, you know, they're gonna do the same thing as last year where they might push a game seven and lose. Who knows? But they just they need help. Luca needs help. I don't know who is good enough to play beside him. That would be complimented. I know Luca's a great passer. He's a great playmaker. But who is just the guy that can put up with the stuff that Luca, you know, throws out there as the best player in the league? He's gonna be favored to win the MVP next year. All of that. Who is the guy, man, that you know they can add next to him? I don't know. I don't know. But he needs somebody. But right now they're not doing a good job. Yeah, they. I agree. And you know, you're seeing a lot of the jamsters in the chat. So again, because we're going so long, and I don't care. Reminder, hit that thumbs up <laughs> button. Okay. Subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. There it is. Uh, but I think, you know, the last two teams that we're talking about between the Blazers and the Mavs have done just that. Nothing. They've stayed the same. And if the mm-hmm. NBA has shown us anything, like if you stay the same and last year wasn't as successful, 
that's not a good thing because there's these hungry teams nipping at your heels. There's yeah. the Grizzlies nipping at your heels, anxious for that opportunity. And when you're staying the same at this level of the NBA, there's the opportunity for resentment to occur, like you referenced. Kristaps Porzingis, somebody who just – I don't know if he doesn't like playing with Luka Doncic, but I just don't think he, he can. That's the difference. Is he somebody who likes to be on the perimeter, can block some shots a little bit on the defensive end, but he likes to be a perimeter player. And guess what? That's where Luka's going to operate. That's where most good yeah. distributors are going to operate. And he needs to accept his role of, of working down low on offense. He doesn't like to do it. You know, the unicorn moniker that he got in New York – it's turning out that it's just, you know, he's a bull. He's bullshit. And that's what mm -hmm. he is. He, I'm not, I've never been a fan of Christophs Porzingis. He's injury prone. He just, he doesn't make sense in any offense. And you see with that with Dallas. And you know that Dallas, obviously, the reason that they didn't make a lot of uh, changes this offseason is one, you know, outside of signing Luca, that was their number one priority. We we're going to sign Luca to the max. They accomplished that goal. They don't have a lot of assets due to trades with New York and things of that nature. So this is kind of one of those, okay, we're just going to kind of try to run it back. Maybe something will happen around the trade deadline where we can trade Christoph Porzingis and garner some more assets back so we can put more things around Luca, all while hoping that Luca can carry this team. And, you know, Luca, I feel we're kind of destined for one of those seasons where he slows down a little bit. You know, he's been carrying this team for the past two seasons uh, and, and carrying some extra weight at times, which we'll always make fun of because we're Suns fans. But at the same time, like there's some physical strain on him that, you know, he might have to miss 20 games here or there just because he needs to kind of get a rest in. And I think that that might be coming. So I don't know if they're actually going to get better or worse. I think they're going to stay the same. But again, with those teams right behind them, I really feel like, you know, they could drop down in the seventh. I don't see them taking a leap and maybe I'm wrong for that. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's a chemistry issue there that I don't see, but I really think that the Mavs just kind of stay the same like the Blazers. And that's not necessarily a good thing. No, it's not. And honestly, they're the, they're kind of like a flip-flop team too, where you watch them and Luca goes off. You're like, Oh, no one could beat this team and uh -huh. Luca when he's playing this way. And it's true. And he might fall off a little bit next year, but I go back to when, um, Mark, uh, Zuckerberg, what's their owner's name? <laughs> Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> the Facebook guy. <laughs> yeah, when he was on <laughs> Bill Simmons and they were talking about, he said, I'm never trading these guys. I made a mistake with Steve Nash. These two guys are going to stay on this team. I'm never making that mistake. After that, it was not downhill, but you could see how those two just could not mesh well together. And they're both good players. When Porzingis is healthy, he's a good player. But he I is. also remember when when Phil Jackson was trying to trade for Devin Booker, trying to give us Porzingis. I don't know if you remember that, uh -huh. but it was brilliant at the time for Phil Jackson. But dude, like I, I'm just so glad it never happened. <laughs> oh, amen, amen. Because I it, it'd be tough to root for Porzingis, man. He's oh, a tough guy to. He root would have been for. gone by now, man. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. All right. Next up, the Los Angeles Clippers. This okay. Is my turn. Yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Read away, brother. Is it my turn? Read away. It is. I read the All maps. Right. Okay, okay. Yeah, the Mavs one was easier. Uh, so who did they <laughs> added? Free agency, Justice, Justice Winslow. Uh, via trade, they got the old Eric Bledsoe back. Uh, fun to talk about that guy. NBA draft, 21st pick, Keon Johnson. 33rd pick, Jason Preston. 51st pick, Brandon Boston. Who did they lose? Patrick Beverly. See ya. And also Rajon Rondo. Rajon. <laughs> Rajon, whatever. Daniel Aturo. And then also free agents, Amir Coffey. DeMarcus Cousins, and Patrick Patterson. So those are obviously the free agents who are still on the roster. We don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, but I think right off the bat, this team's worse next year, and I think we can all agree on that. Knowing that Kawhi is going to be out for an extended period of time, 
Couple that with the fact that Pat Bev, you know, as much as we hate him, he was a vital cog to this team. And the fact yes. that they added Eric Bledsoe instead of Pat Bev, I think that automatically makes you worse. Um, so this is, th- see, this is the first team. I mean, this was the three seed last year. Okay. Yeah. This is the team right behind the Suns. Or no, they, I'm sorry. They were the four seed. The Nuggets were right behind the Suns. Uh, but the Clippers were the four seed last year. And this is a team that easily could fall down, you know, seven, eight, nine. This could be a play in team if things don't go right for them. You know, I know Paul George is a talented individual, uh, but we also know that he's not a big fan of playing the alpha dog. And he's going to have a lot of games playing that alpha. And we'll see how that uh, wears on him mentally, physically. And we'll see, you know, when we see Kawhi come back, where mm-hmm. this team is at. Because if this team is not playing well, around the time uh, Kawhi will come back, Kawhi just won't come back. He won't tell anyone he's not coming back. He just won't. Yeah, and honestly, these guys, who's the guy like to really just stab a fork into somebody and tell them like, yeah, let's let's freaking go. Let's get this thing moving. You know, they don't have they have a bunch of dudes that are just like, eh, we'll see. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Kawhi can be a freak on the court too, where he can kind of be a little bit demanding to those teammates later on in the game when it's close and like they just lose the game, but then they think they can catch up. I just yes. I don't see it. The Eric Bledsoe thing, it's just it's so weird to see where i feel like i'm just missing something missing something like when pop drafts somebody whenever he used to make a trade be like oh what's he up to like bill belichick that kind of thing what's going on there back in the day this thing has to be that it has to be like what am i missing is he gonna actually perform like a mini lebron like he was supposed to or is it just gonna be bledsoe and if it's just bledsoe then hell yeah play on the clippers please yeah, Nicholas Tan says it in the chat. He said they lost two pieces who give the, that team an yeah. edge, and that was Rondo and Bev, and that's true. You know, no, you know, yeah, Ron, Rondo didn't play a bunch of minutes, but he was a leader on that team. They needed that mm-hmm. leader, and you know, we'll we'll see. But I think that this is a team that obviously got worse, in my opinion, coupling in the you know the major factor that they are going to be without uh, Mister Kawhi Leonard. Another team that's going to be out, you know, one of their stars is the Denver Nuggets. Okay, this is a team that. You know, lost last season at the hands of the Phoenix Suns. They ended with the same record as the Clippers, which was 47 and 25, which was good enough for the three seed due to the tiebreaker. And they didn't do much in free agency. And this is, you know, when you kind of get to the top, I'm not surprised that a lot of these teams aren't going to do too much. You know, we don't want to be a team that's that's shuffling everything around like the Lakers because you're being successful. So they added in free agency Jeff Green. I think that's a solid add. They didn't trade for anybody. They drafted Bones Highland, who is a solid, solid draft pick. They lost JaVale McGee. Welcome, JaVale McGee, to the Suns, baby. And they still have some free agents out there that are unrestricted. That's Austin Rivers, Paul Millsap, and Shaq Harrison. So the Nuggets, this is another one of those teams uh, that I think is going to be a little bit worse next year just because they're without Jamal Murray. But what is your initial thoughts after seeing what they've done in this offseason, Matthew? Oh, well, it's a, it's kind of relying on growth, kind of like the Suns, but in a little different way. I mean, you have Jamal Murray, who, you know, there's spurts, all right? He's never been so solid to where, like, you can count on this guy. I know a lot of people were like, well, the Suns beat him without Jamal Murray. Did that really matter? Or did it? You just don't know with this guy because he's a streaky guy. But then he started getting together, got hurt. So the growth of him, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but when he comes back, he's definitely going to help his team out. But then even Michael Porter Jr., who the growth of him mentally, like he can be that second guy next to um, Jokic. And I mean, last in the playoffs, he was shooting nonstop. Like, so he, he went through like a, 
he went through a shooting phase in the playoffs against the Suns, like Cameron Johnson was before the playoffs started, where he could not make one shot from three, but kept chucking them up there. So the growth of him and just Jamal Murray coming back, it's all relying on that, man. I mean, you have Jokic MVP, so you're almost there. You're almost there as a Nuggets team to really actually have a chance at the title. And we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be so vital for them how they perform the regular season before Jamal Murray gets back and then gets conditioned. But if they're a team that can just hang around, hit that, you know, play in, maybe seven, eight, maybe the six seed, I could see them ending up there. They're a team that's going to be dangerous in the playoffs, obviously. They have the veteran leadership. They have the experience collectively. They didn't change up too many of the pieces. Like you said, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a year older. You know, I think that the Phoenix Suns definitely exploited him defensively. And I think that's something that he's now has on tape and he's going to try to work on. He's the kind of kid who works on things in the offseason. Every year he comes back, there's another addition to his game. I'm excited to see that for the Denver Nuggets. But again, it comes down to the fact that their number one overall scorer, I believe Jamal Murray was their number one overall scorer uh, last season, is going to be out for a prolonged period of time. And we just don't know what that impact is ultimately going to be on this team and where they end up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Last team, Matthew. This one's all you, brother. The Utah Jazz, our favorite. Everyone's favorite place to live and play basketball. Uh, who did they add? Well, Rudy Gay, Hassan Whiteside, John's favorite player. Who did they trade for? Eric Pascal from the Golden State Warriors, NBA draft. They drafted <laughs> They drafted Jared Butler, 40th overall. Who did they lose? Uh, Derek Favors uh, traded OKC. We talked about that. George uh, Nyang signed to Philly, and then Matt Thomas was waived. Free agents, Ursan Ilsova, unrestricted free agent currently, and Joanna Mann is also restricted free agent. <laughs> That's Jawan Morgan. Jawan Morgan. <laughs> so this is a team, you know, you ask, got better, got worse, stayed the same. I think for the most part, they stayed the same. I mean, Derek Favors, Hassan Whiteside, pretty similar guys. I think Derek Favors has a much higher motor and therefore is a, is a better pick. Uh, Rudy Gay is going to be a solid veteran coming off the bench to join forces with Jordan Clarkson. Their offense is going to continue to be what it is. I think that it's going to be interesting to see where ultimately where staying the same for the Jazz is going to place them next season. Because if you have teams that are really taking that next jump, uh, I could see them maybe fall into the second or third seed, but I don't see them falling much further than that. Do you, Matthew? No, I don't. And I, I like um, the Rudy Gay edition. I think he's better than Derek Favors. I think he, and Hassan Whiteside, whatever you want to do with him behind uh, Rudy Gobert. But I think overall, they improved. It's just, man, their last playoff series against the Clippers, they just got, they got outshot in the final game where mm-hmm. it was just a miracle if they if they even had one to even make a shot to, <laughs> to kind of balance it out. But the Clippers were on fire there. And a lot of people actually picked the Jazz last year to make the finals too. So oh, yeah. they, they, they got a little bit better. And I think they're already a good team. We give them a lot of crap, but they're a solid freaking team. Uh, still scary to, to watch and play against. So, yeah, a little bit better, man. It doesn't mean finals better. I mean, I think I put maybe three or four teams ahead of them, but they're going to be there towards the end for sure. Well, when you look at the Jazz, and it's a very similar situation than the Phoenix Suns, this is a team that's a team. And that's why these were the best two teams last year, because that's what you needed in a very weird COVID-19 smushed-together season that was only 72 yeah. games, is the best teams were going were gonna to ultimately come forth and, and prosper outside of some other things. You know, both of the Suns and the Jazz avoided injuries for the most part. You know, they lost Donovan Mitchell for a while, but still maintained. Uh, their overall status as the number one seed in the league. 
Uh, but both of the both the Suns and the Utah Jazz, I feel, really have a good opportunity to run it back as the one and two seeded teams in the West. I can see the Suns being the number one seed in the West. I really can. I think that they made the necessary adjustments to get them over that hump. And I, I see the Jazz, you know, not falling off a whole bit. You know, you it, it's everything that's right with the Jazz is everything that's wrong with the Lakers. The Jazz are going to are a team that's going to have that chemistry consistently, and you're going to need that chemistry to win a random game in Miami on a Wednesday night. That the Lakers might end up losing because they just don't have the chemistry down. You know, outside of LeBron yelling at somebody on what to do, they don't know what they the, the players don't know what their role is. Everybody on the Jazz, just like the Suns, know their role, Jabroni, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. That was a little rock into Stone Cold. You like that going back to the I, 2000s? Oh, I never heard anything like that in my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really, I really think that the Jazz are a team that you know you ask got better, stayed the same, or got worse. They stayed the same, and the same's good. Same thing with the Suns. Yeah. You ask us if we got better or worse or stay the same. We got a little bit better, but I think that's great. I, you know, we staying the same at the one mm-hmm. or two seed is okay. Staying the same at the the six or seven seed, it's not the right answer. You need to make those necessary moves. Yeah, and honestly, get rid of those patterned shirts too, in the in the crowd for the playoffs next year. Those are just dumb, dude. Let the let the play let the fans wear what they want to wear to the game with the Suns. I love that. Yes, let us be who we are. Yes. Whew. Well, I think on that note, we've kind of run through everything. Uh, is there any other observations you want to make about the the West before we mm. depart? Yeah, none of this matters because if the Brooklyn Nets are healthy, they're going to win it all. So <laughs> terrible. Take a lap. Take a lap, Matthew. Get out of here with that bullshit. Oh. Well, this was a long one, but we appreciate it. So, yeah, fans. I'm so yes, I'm exhausted. It's time to go finish these Dos Equis. Uh, But, you know, I think it's education. I think we all had an opportunity to just kind of take a look at some uh, what some of the other rosters have done and see where we end. We, we will end up ultimately. Uh, there's so much. Who knows? I mean, the schedule is going to come out. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to do this whole podcast on Sunday, talking about the schedule. And then once we're done, we're like, yeah, who knows? Uh, you know, but that being said, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suns Jam. I'm at Darth Voida. He's at Matthew Lissy. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review and we will read it live on the show. And give us a thumbs up if you're watching on uh, the YouTube and give us a, a sub there as well. We really appreciate it. So, you know, again, thank you. We'll be live on Sundays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Arizona time. Glad you hung out with us. And to those who are live in the chat, we really appreciate it. Uh, but on that note, uh, I think we're done. Go Suns. And we'll see the schedule tomorrow. So I can't wait to graphically design that up and put that out on Twitter for all of you folks. Yeah, thank you, John, for all your hard work you did with the templates. They look fantastic. I saw some comments in there. They said they look really great. Thank you for letting me read them, too. Jeez, uh, I'm getting a little bit better, though. My yeah. reading's going up a notch. Kindergarten the second, maybe I skipped yeah. the Yeah, uh, Dude, you're at like a third grade <laughs> level now. <laughs> It's all love from here. But yeah, thank you, everybody, and go home and love your family. Thanks. Well, take care, everybody.